Hey everybody, welcome to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey, today we're going to be talking about a basic rib method. Why don't you sit down and grab yourself a cold one, maybe a cup of coffee depending on what time it is, and uh, just kind of tune in and let's talk about ribs today. You're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey fellas, thanks for joining in. I'm sitting out here on the front porch. I'm trying not to be too loud for the neighbors and stuff. Um, you know, a little bit of a story here is that, you know, I live out here on 10 acres, but you'd swear my neighbor's dogs are, are like 10 feet away when I get them wound up. And usually they hear a pin drop out here and they start barking. So bear with me. Um, just felt like doing a podcast out here on the front porch today because hummingbirds are here, you know, it's a beautiful Sunday and, uh, you know, I got a cold beverage in my hand and uh it's a good day so anyway wanted to be out here enjoying it so you know we've we have our uh website there ask.thebbqculture.net and on that podcast uh website there what we're asking you to do when you go there is uh just answer a simple question what is the biggest thing you struggle with when cooking on your pit and uh there's been a few people that have called in or, me, I mean, uh, messaged in and uh, on that on that little forum there, and they've said, you know, it sure would be helpful to have a good rib recipe. And all we've been talking about lately has been technical information about smokers and how to run them and felt we'd break it up just a little bit. So what we're doing here is we're going to talk about ribs. So butchered up a few hogs in my time and uh really really like doing that and uh you know there's the traditional way to to cut up a hog but there's really no wrong way cut it up however you like it and uh you know when you go to the store um you're buying two kinds of ribs off a pig you're getting what's called baby backs or you're getting what's called spare ribs and the third thing you might see in there labeled up called st louis cut ribs and really is there three different kinds of ribs on the hog no there's actually just one great big rib cage those are just different ways that the hog gets cut up so what we like to do is when we're cutting up a pig is is uh you know you'll get him if you buy one you'll buy a whole hog and sometimes you can buy a half a hog and we've bought them both ways and you take a, haul, a saw, and you, or we use a sawzall, whatever. If you're a pro, you might have an actual bone saw or maybe even a uh, band saw of sorts. But, you know, we use a sawzall and usually a good wood blade. And we'll cut right down the spinal cord. And, uh, you know, then you flip that hog over and, uh, you know, his, his skin's out at that point. And on the touching the uh the spinal cord is you're going to have what's called the loin and uh that there's the tenderloin and then there's the uh you know the the backstrap loin which is the big loin you buy tenderloin's actually kind of on the inside of the rib cage and then the the strip loin or the big loin is on the running along the top of the rib cage where it meets the spinal cord and uh, a lot of guys will take and and uh, saw that off and leave those bones, the rib bones, attached to the back of that big, uh, if you ever seen those bone-in, uh, you know, chops that you see that are cut, you know, about an inch thick or so, that's the, that's the top end of the rib cage that's attached to that strip loin. 
And then what's left over is what we would call the spare ribs after that. So the spare ribs is a big chunk of ribs. They're tall bones. The the upper part of the rib cage, we would cut that up. With those rib bones would be called loin uh, loin back ribs or baby back ribs. And so that's where the ribs come from. It's one one it's one rib cage, one great big giant side of pork. But the difference is is that that rib cage has been sawed horizontally along parallel with the spinal cord and it's been sawed about four or five inches away from the spinal cord that way you've got you know the baby backs there and then somebody that's real good with a knife if you want meaty ribs then you would run that that uh, flexible boning knife or whatever kind of knife you got and you would just take your time and you'd fillet that loin out and leave meat on the top of the ribs the rib bones there and uh you know, then the bottom half is where the bacon's at. So, on the top of the on the spares as they go down closer to the to the belly of the pig, that's where we get our our pork belly, which makes bacon. And uh, you know, you just got to kind of be careful there too. You know, you're kind of cutting that pork belly off and leaving a good amount of ribs, uh, a good amount of meat on the ribs. Anyway, uh, so the bottom half of that rib cage, that's what we're going to work on today is the spares. And the method works, you know, better better with spares when you say 3-2-1 because <clears throat> we're going to have a little bit more meat on a spare, honestly, a little bit more weight. Um, if you were going to try this with, with uh, baby backs, we might go more towards a 2-2-1 or a 2-1-1 or something like that depending on your amount uh, your temperature you're cooking at so what we want to do then is uh we're going to take that rib cage you know you bought spares you went down to grocery store you bought spare ribs we're going to take that rib cage and on the bony side there's this membrane typically sometimes you can buy them peeled sometimes they're not so we're going to take that membrane and we're going to try to peel that off now I prefer it peeled completely off, but some guys will say, just go ahead and take a knife and just, you know, cut it and, and score it and just run along the rib bones uh, perpendicular to them. Just put a whole bunch of little slices on there and then count for that in your cooking method. And that's that's fine too. You can do it either way. But if you peel them off completely, you're going to wind up with a, a lot more tender rib. So when you to peel that membrane, the best tool I've ever had in my hands to do this with is a paper towel and a uh, spoon, just a good old spoon out of your uh, like you'd eat with out of your kitchen. I usually use a smaller one, like for a coffee uh, cup kind of spoon. And you turn that with the open side of the spoon towards the meat, and the rounded back part of that spoon will be up facing you. And you're going to start in the middle of the rib cage. And just take that spoon and kind of just start to kind of scrape at the the bone a little bit, and you'll start to see that layer of silver skin or that that leathery membrane start to kind of peel loose from the meat a little bit. And then you work that spoon down in between two bones, and you just kind of keep going at it a little bit. And once you get you know enough about an inch in there, or so then you can take your finger, put the spoon down, take your finger, and start running it. I usually have my fingernail up and the bottom of my finger 
towards the meat. And I want to just kind of take that finger, that fingernail a little bit and just kind of push like I was with the spoon, but kind of, kind of wiggle it upward. That way the membrane starts to kind of tear loose from the meat. And as you go along in between those two bones, at one time or another, you're going to make it all the way across. And then I'm going to hold that rib. I'm right-handed, so I'm going to hold that, that slab of ribs in my left hand. And I'm going to hook the membrane with the inner part of my finger. And I'm just going to pull them apart. And what will happen is most of that membrane is going to peel away from the ribs. And you might have a little bitty strip that's left on there. Usually there's like a cut or something that happened in the butcher process, you know, that'll make it tear loose. So anyway, take that membrane, rip it off of there and throw it away. And then you're going to, this is where the paper towel comes in because that little strip that was left, you're going to grab that with a paper towel. And the reason we use a paper towel is because that skin's going to be full of moisture and a little bit of, you know, pork blood there. And it's going to be kind of hard to grab and slippery. And that paper towel gives you just enough friction that you can grab that and grab a hold of the very fine end of that little piece that's left, and then you just tear it right off. It comes off fairly easy because it's skinny. So anyway, that's how we remove the membrane. Now, as far as the the 321 method or the 221 method or whatever numbers you want to put in there, what that is is a time. So we're gonna we're gonna cook two hours, or three the three two one. We're gonna cook three hours, and then we're gonna do something to it, and we're gonna cook two more hours, and then we're gonna do something to it, and then we're gonna cook one more hour. That's why we say three two one. Now two two one is meaning that we're shaving off an hour on baby backs that are gonna cook faster. So typically, so we're gonna do two hours, then do something, then two hours, then do something, then one hour. So there, that method is a great starting point. So now we've got the rib membrane pulled off of there. We're going to go ahead and season up our ribs. And you can. there's no wrong way. You can use SPG, whatever you want. But a very wise man that uh, he doesn't know me from Adam, but I sure have watched a lot of his channel on YouTube named Malcolm Reed. It's called How to BBQ Right. That's his channel. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I watched my first time learning how to cook a slab of ribs. And uh, what he says to do, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, it's why I've done it so long. You want to get a good all-purpose, just a salty SPG, kind of a just a good old-fashioned rub. Nothing crazy. You know, you can use Head Country. A um, lot, of, lot of competition cooks for a long time used a rub called Smoking Guns Hot. That was like the... That was the biggest thing. I mean, that rub has been around, and it's been the same rub for as long as I've been cooking around it, and uh, it's a good rub to use. But you want to use a, a good all-purpose rub. And what we're going to do is we're going to rub the, the, the meat down with that, but there's you can either just like use a binder like extra virgin olive oil, or you can use yellow mustard, just plain yellow mustard, or nothing at all, and just... You know, if you're going to use the mustard olive oil, go ahead and slop it down with that a little bit and then put your rub on there. And, uh, you know, to be completely honest, I've never really noticed a difference with using some kind of a binder on there. But it it uh, it does help kind of moisten up the rub and help it to absorb into the first little little layer of skin there, you know, meat that's left. So. But if anyway, you're going to rub the rub the rub on there and let it. 
you know, kind of pat it down. You know, they call it rub, but we're not going to rub it in. We're just going to pat it in. And then we're going to flip the, the bone side down and do the top side. Same way, you can slather it with some kind of binder, or you can just, you know, put the rub directly on either way. And, uh, you know, I've learned that if you hold that shaker up high and you just give it a good consistent wiggle, and uh, you're going to be able to get more control over, over your dispersion of the rub as you're putting it on there and get a more even coat. And the way we're going to do this, we're going to do layers. So we don't want to put a real heavy coating of rub on. We're just going to take the all-purpose and put a good, even, light coat on the, on the meat side of these ribs. Then we're going to take and, and uh, flip them over while that's kind of sweating. And we're going to put the other layer. Now, on this layer, we're going to use a, a sweeter layer. Something, uh, you know, a lot of guys used in over the years is this Cimarron Docks Rib Rub. That's a pretty good sweet one. Um, I like to use uh, Pork Mafia makes one called Memphis Mud. Um, that's kind of the one I like. And you're just going to go ahead and put a light coat of that uh, second layer of rub on there. We're going to layer our flavors in there. And we'll talk about that in a little bit later. So you do the bone side, and then you flip them over, and then you do the meat side the same way. Now we're going to let those ribs sit out for about 15 minutes just on the counter in room temperature, and we're going to let that rub kind of start to emulsify is what it's called. The rub is going to start to take on moisture. It's going to be drawing moisture from inside the meat. Um, that's why we put our salty all-purpose rub on first. It draws the moisture out, and it starts to emulsify the the rub and start to help it break down and it's going to basically dry uh you know uh what is that called brine dry brine the meat is what it's going to do so after you know all that's sitting there sweating and all that we're going to go out and get the pit fired up and uh i like to run my pit about 275 when i'm cooking ribs now you can run lower if you want it's just going to take longer to cook or you can run hotter if you run hotter, you're going to have to be a little more careful um, that the that the rub and stuff doesn't just burn and uh, create a real bad bark, you know, burnt bark. Um, 275 seems to be about the perfect temperature. And uh, this will work on any kind of a smoker, whether you're using a pellet grill or, a, you know, an electric smoker with pellets in it or, or, you know, little wood shavings, or if you're going to use a stick burner or an ugly drum, whatever. doesn't even matter. Gravity feed works the same. So anyway, uh, now that the pit's up to temp, we're going to go ahead and slap these ribs on there, and I put bone side down first. There's all different ways, but I prefer to put the bone side down first and just kind of let the meat come up to temperature. And uh, I like to do it about, you know, 30-minute spots. Um, a lot of guys go in there and they kind of spritz the ribs every so often. That's personal preference. I really just try to just leave the pit shut, you know, for the first 30 minutes or so. And then uh, we're going to go inside and just kind of chill out and let the ribs cook. When we come back out, we're going to flip them over for just a little bit and we're going to rotate them. And you want to be kind of careful so you don't just like you know, smear all the rub off, dragging them across the cooking grate or something, but just carefully flip them over and rotate them 180 degrees and uh, cook for about 15 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. And what we're looking for is more color than anything. Um, we're looking to get the meat up to about 150, you know, something like that, 155. 
And uh, once the meat gets up to that temp, that's going to be about the two-hour two mark on baby backs and about the two-and-a-half-hour mark on uh, spares. We're going to take and get two layers of foil, and we're going to make that, we're going to tear the foil off, you know, just as long as the ribs, about six inches longer on each end. And uh, we're going to set two layers down, and then we're going to tear off a third layer for each slab of ribs. And uh, my favorite thing in the world to do at this point is I like the um, the butter that comes in the, the squirt can, you know, the blue uh, blue bonnet or somebody makes it but anyway you take that butter and you just do a little strip you know uh, scribbly stripe right down the middle of where the ribs are going to lay and then we're going to take a little bit of honey and just go real light just a little bitty light coat of honey and then whatever rib rub you were using the sweet one you can take and sprinkle a little bit of that rub on there or you can use a little bit of brown sugar whatever you want and uh, then you're going to Pull these ribs off the cooker one at a time and set those down on there face first down in the foil. And then we're going to repeat the process on the bone side. We're going to put just a little strip of butter, you know, a little strip of uh, uh, honey, and then whatever rib rub you were using, the sweet rib rub, or you can use, uh, you know, your uh, brown sugar or whatever you want right there. The point is, is we want to get a good sweet layer on there. And then we're going to take that foil and you're going to close it up. And what I do is I set the third piece of foil on top and I roll it up like a boat all the way around. That way it can't vent or nothing like that. And we're going to do that for each slab of ribs. And then the, the layer that of uh, the side of the ribs that had two layers of foil goes down. So put it in there for an hour or two hours, depending on what your, your rhythm is. Three, two, one would be two hours. 221 would be two hours, or if you're cooking hotter, like 300, you might be doing a 211, something like that. And uh, so you put them ribs back on there, and uh, once your time has expired, you come back out, pull the ribs out, and you're going to open them up. And there's going to be a lot of juice in the in the foil, so be careful not to drip it on yourself or dump it and spill it, whatever. And when you open those up, what I've always done is I take and drain all that juice out of the foil. And I'm going to take some sauce and I'm going to drip a little bit of sauce on there, turn the bone side down and put the meat side up and just kind of spread a little sauce on those ribs. And uh, generally, I used to leave the foil open, but you can close it back up if you want. And you're going to put them back on for the final hour. And truth be told, it's probably going to be about 45 minutes. You don't, if you want the ribs to fall apart, that's fine. But if you're wanting to have the bones where you can cut them and take a bite through them, then you're probably going to want to pull those things off about, you know, between, you know, 30 and 45 minutes, something like that. You don't want to overcook. And uh, so anyway, once they're done, pull them out, set them on the counter, open the foil up and let them breathe until the steam is done. And uh, I, I just don't like handling them when they're really, really hot. And then you can close that foil back up and uh, just once the steam stops and just so hold them for a little while if you want. Or you can go ahead and cut them up. If you cut them up right away, they might dry out and, uh, you know, sitting in the plate or whatever. But if you give them a little bit of a rest period, that moisture is going to tend to redistribute throughout the meat muscle. And... Uh, 
be good. So anyway, I hope that helps you a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll do a video about this too um, one day soon here. Anyway, light a fire, invite somebody to the barbecue culture, and uh, we'll see you on the smoky side.